Sonny is very lucky that his father is a better person than Oli. And I think you, 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 you are an ostrich. Next Tuesday, April Fool's Day, he's the biggest fool in Manchester. And that is you, David Myers. Football heritage. No one <laughs> wants to be a fullback as a kid. No one wants to grow up and be a Gary Neville. But unfortunately, crimes and wars will multiply. I love football. It's the Bola Boys back for a second season. Guys, I'm joined by Vis and mm. Kaiser. Hello, hello. Guys, look at this, man. After a whole season, who would have thought? One whole season. <laughs> look at, who would have thought? This. Amazing. Not me. Definitely not Kaiser. I hope we at least got one season through. La. I mean, <laughs> so, that's a well, we did. So that was the aim at the beginning. And thank you so much for everyone who has been supporting, listening, giving us advice, telling us how we can improve. Hopefully, we've taken on board a lot of that and you'll see it in the season coming up. So just to get some admin out of the way, to kick us off, obviously season hasn't kicked off. Premier League season starts the weekend uh, of the 6th of August. So before that, we're going to be recording and putting out three pre-season podcasts. This will be the wow. first of three. Wow, indeed, Kaiser. Uh, and along with that, we are doing the second year of our fantasy Premier League Bola Boys um league basically so please Let's if you're go. interested if you're if you if you want to participate uh dm us on instagram or pm any three of us and we'll sort you out uh we've got we've extended the prizes to the top 10 this year last year was top six was it i can't remember now or top five top four only oh top four oh my god so six oh, yeah. additional places for you guys uh, it's a lot of fun it's quite a decent uh standard in the league so if you're interested let us know um, and we'll give you the details. So like we said, back to it. We've got three podcasts. This will be the first of three. And we're going to be looking at a select few teams. We'd love to do 20, but, you know, it's not practical. So today we'll be looking at Spurs. We've got a lovely insert with Alif, which is coming up that Vis has done. And then we'll finish off with the champions of the championship, Fulham. So we'll kick off with Spurs, um, who had a brilliant end to the season, beat their North London rivals to the final Champions League spot, finished fourth. Um, and Antonio Conte is ready to kick on. Kaiser, talk to us about the incoming. Yeah, the amazing end to the season. Um, and I think Conte finally got his team to click. Uh, which is why they managed to get the Champions League spot. And more importantly now, their team is looking super stacked. They just got a, a load of players in, basically, uh, and done it all pretty early, um, especially with the managing director of football, Paratici. I think he's been on it, uh, as well as Levy, uh, getting all the transfers in. I think that's... I'll just list through uh, all the ones that they've done. So Richarlison, Bissouma, Jed Spence. Uh, and then on free transfers, they brought Perisic, Fraser Forster, and Langley from Barcelona as well. Um, yeah, so that's a hefty uh, list for... Very uh, good signings, season. actually. Exactly. Very good signings. Uh, I think the big one is Richarlison for £52 million. Um, That's a very interesting s- signing, I felt. Uh, I think we know Kane and Son really carry the team at a big time, so it'll be interesting to see whether Richarlison can uh, help those front two out. Um, he, they really plan to play him across the front three. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see whether he takes Kane's place sometimes or plays on the wings most of the times. 
Yeah, so I think, I mean, obviously he comes in from Everton um, after they scraped by their relegation battle last year. Um, <laughs> the thing is, we're, we're ignoring that. Also, we're looking at the summer signings, but they brought in Dejan Kulisevsky in January, who had a really yep. good six months. Uh, he yeah. was playing out wide for Spurs. So that's why, yeah, Kaiser, I mean, you already touched on it slightly there, but whose place does, does he take, right? You don't sign someone for 50 million pounds who is already a starter for a Premier League team. I'm sure they would have made assurances to Richard Lisson and say, this is where we imagine you playing. So what? how has he been faring in the preseason? Have you seen anything from that so far? Yeah, so I think they saw what they expected from Richard Lisson, his aggression and a start of play. And they play him literally in all three positions, so meaning left wing, striker and on the right as well. But I think on your point about who he's going to replace and stuff, I think you see with teams, especially now they're in the Champions League, there, there are three spots, but you really need five to six players occupying those spots, which are of a high quality. And I think that's where Richarlison fits in along with those other three that you mentioned, as well as Lucas Moura. Yeah, and let's not forget the fact that this season, it'll be five substitutes. So having yes, proper squad, squad depth is, is vital, I would say. Yeah. So, And if you look at it, I don't think Spurs have a good... Um, backup number nine to like Kane obviously but now they have even if Richarlison is not a starter you know he's someone that you definitely want to bring off the bench and yeah like I said five subs the dynamics of the game can change quite a bit depending on the manager's style yeah so you mentioned Lucas Mora as well there Kaiser and I think this is a question that sort of Spurs fans and journalists have been wondering throughout the preseason so Antonio Conte has made some interesting comments saying we've, you know, he's spoken to Lucas Moura about potentially playing right wing back or he can potentially play right wing back. <laughs> so if he does, then we're looking at obviously quite a few options, both on the left and the right, including the signings they brought in this season. And it's a well-known fact that Antonio Conte loves to play with three at the back and then these two yeah. wing backs. So talk to me a bit yeah. about you know, the ones they brought in and what this means for the guys who've been occupying those spots last season. So that would be Doherty, who, you know, before the injury was playing right wing back. And then yep. Reguillon and Sesenyon on the other side. Yeah. So first one is uh, Jed Spence, who comes in from Middlesbrough, even though he spent uh, the season in Nottingham Forest. Uh, but he's mainly one for the future. He's homegrown, 21. Uh, so I think Doherty and Royale uh, will likely still uh, be the first two uh, options. Uh, and then on the left side, they also have three options. Uh, but I think the competition will be even bigger there. Uh, as you mentioned, Reguillon, Sesenyon, and now Perisic as well, which from the fans' point of view, it looks like it's be very likely he'll play left wing back uh, instead of left wing, although I'm sure that's still an option. Uh, so yeah, like I said, Spurs look stacked. Uh, right wing back, left wing back, uh, and also in other positions. Lovely, and I think he's made no... Uh, you know, excuse of saying that he wants reinforcements in the centre of the pitch as well. I think he was hoping for Bastoni. I'm pretty sure, you know, listening to one of the Spurs podcasts, that was his first choice, who's at Inter Milan, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, And then he was looking at Guardiola as well. But I think he's had to settle with Clement Langley on loan from Barcelona. Um, yeah. So just to look at the overall state of the squad now, Kaiser. So we've talked about all the ins. Steve Bur Stephen Burwine has left twenty eight million pounds to IX. This doesn't look like a squad who, or they're building a squad to just challenge for fourth place. You know, it looks like a squad that is not only going to look at maybe possibly mounting a challenge, but also being very competitive in the Champions League. You know, 
um, yeah. which will be interesting looking forward. So looking at the preseason games, anything exciting from there? I know they played the K League eleven because I'm a big fan of <laughs> yeah. the Korean league now. So. <laughs> and Son being worshipped uh, with every step he takes anywhere. Uh, but yeah, they just played two games against the K League eleven, which is one six three Sevilla one one. I think mainly eyes were on uh, Richarlison for uh, those games, which, like I mentioned, he played all three um, across the across the front three. Uh, but I think what is to note is not the games themselves, but the fitness training around that those games that they've done especially in korea where it's i mean very hot for those players who are used to the western weather uh they did this uh pe style bleep test uh where kane literally failed and puked and was the first one to actually fail the test son had to be like lifted up at the end of the session so this is all the um commotion with the fans uh, when they saw this darwin nunes would never man would never you never hear this from <laughs> <Darwin> <laughs> <Nunes>. <laughs> but also Darwin Nunes wouldn't score open goals so you win some <laughs> yeah so. it's becoming a meme now. goodness uh but basically yeah they're trying to make uh, Spurs I mean Conte's trying to make Spurs similar to Pochettino's Spurs last time where they were one of the fittest in the league and worked the hardest because uh, it dropped during the time uh when Mourinho took over but yeah this is just interesting to see I mean I think you always think that these kind of um, strategies for pre-fitness training, like non-ball-related fitness, can sometimes be seen as like um, quite old school and stuff. So it'd be in- it's always uh, interesting to see uh, this kind of stuff. Yeah, and I think we'll see that potentially with a very quick start to the season. So they start with Southampton at home. They've got Chelsea away and then Wolves and then Nottingham Forest. So this... You know, looking at those fixtures and the way that he's grilling them in preseason, I wouldn't be surprised if they get a, you know, first of all, get a result at Chelsea. They could be towards the top of the table at the start. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think they'll definitely start strong because, you know, you have some teams who just start off the season really strong, first 10 games, and then they slowly dip. And, you know, but like, I think I can put my money on Spurs to have a good run of games in the initial uh, period. But overall, right, as a United fan, I for me Spurs is the only team that I'm really worried about in terms of because we don't know what to expect we've not seen this Spurs at its fullest potential under Conte like I know what we can get with City I know what we can get with Liverpool I think the top two spots are done Tuchel we already know roughly how it works but with this guy it's still a mystery we still don't know yet so yeah I'm actually very very scared of of Spurs this season so where do they finish Roughly lah, roughly. Def- let's, let's. Um, I think, you know, I think third. I think it'll be City-Liverpool first, second. And um, yeah, third, they'll come in third. Definitely finishing above United. I, yeah, I'm I'm going as far as saying that. So yeah. Yeah, I think, I think, I mean, personally as well, I think they'll definitely run. Beginning of the season, I think, you know what, they'll be up there with United. Uh, with United. Definitely not with United, but with City <laughs> <laughs> with City and <laughs> Liverpool <laughs> and then I, th- and then I think nice. where we will see the difference is obviously when it gets to whether they make a knockout stages of the Champions League injuries things like that I think City and Liverpool have navigated it a few more times and maybe that's where they might drop off but I think they'll be very competitive this season any other thoughts on that yeah. Kaiser? Yeah I think you put the nail on the head there I think it's really dependent on the Champions League and FA Cup runs because if they go far there I think 
the team is has not been used to that those that kind of multiple um, sort of um, multiple challenging fronts. on a lot of different fronts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that could be that could be tricky. But if they just left with the Premier League, I think they could really push for third. But I think if not, then probably fourth or fifth. Yeah, would, definitely. Uh, be more Fantastic. Good. So Spurs to kick us off for the twenty two twenty three Bola Boy season. Uh, we've got a guest segment coming up after this with Alif Azizi. So uh, we'll probably see you guys after that. Enjoy. Hi everybody, so welcome back. Uh, this is Vis and um, in this particular segment, uh, we will be covering Manchester United. And for this segment, we have on a special guest. So it's not going to be just me uh, for the hundredth time talking about Man United. We actually have um, Alif on the call. Alif, say something. Hey like. man. So Alif, so this... uh, how, how did we meet Alif? Yeah, we met through the Astro uh, Twitter spaces. Yeah, we did. Yeah, and um, I remember Alif, uh, he had a piece on something to do with Ronaldo, I think, starting for the Liverpool game. And, uh, and the minute yes. the three of us heard Alif speaking, we were like, okay, this guy, this guy is good to have. You know, let's, <laughs> let's just get him on future pods. And yeah, here we are, man. Here I am. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So Thanks, man. Thanks for inviting. Of yep. course, of course. Thank you so much, uh, Alif, for you know um, coming on to join us. And uh, so a bit about Alif. Um, Alif is from Subang Jaya, so very qu- mm-hmm. uh, quite near to where I'm staying. Actually, I didn't know that until just like maybe ten minutes <laughs> ago. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Alif is a Man United fan, uh, a hardcore Man United fan. And uh, Alif, why don't you give us a, a story on how you started yep. spotting <clears throat> the greatest team in English football? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. It started, I think, way way back then when I was uh, seven years old. You know, went to see a, a football match on TV at the time okay. uh, with my cousins uh, and surprisingly it was a Liverpool game against United uh-huh. yes and they were all supporting United and I'm like oh okay this is looks like a fun bunch uh-uh. looks like a fun team to be supporting I'm like okay hey United go go and then we got a goal I'm like oh okay this is fun so that's, that's nice. how it started technically that's nice. that's nice Yeah. so ever since then it's always been you've been always a red huh? Red Devils. Ever since then, Red Devils all the way. I know. Okay, so maybe from the time you were supporting United, it's, it's, it's a completely different United now. True. Right? True. You know? But that's how football works, right? You have your ups and downs. And now we're going through a period of change. For the last yeah. God knows how many years we've been going through a period of change. <laughs> it's eight, nine seasons, but man. if somebody tells me restructure again, I'm just gonna break something, bro. <laughs> okay, fine. Let's just let's just forget about last season. Let's just dive in straight to the current. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yep. I just wanna ask you, how are United playing based off preseason? How are United playing now? It's it, it's not really that clear yet to me. But however, going back to the uh uh, from the initial games, right? When we mentioned about that rebuilding, what we are always excited to look for or hopeful is to see how the new manager's tactics are being implemented throughout the squad. Um, and throughout the games, maybe that can be seen um, as of now, but uh, there are still some question marks to be to to be to be answered. Yeah. Um, however, as an, another major United fan uh we are all just excited to see those, those tactics yeah doesn't matter if it's like um okay we're taking a bit from the previous manager's gameplay because of, obviously that's not easy to to just clear up and implement a new style of play yeah but it, it's been good so far i think for united the the one thing that i'm most impressed with is how the manager actually 
um, brings about himself you know, throughout the game. Mm-hmm. We've we've get used to Ole just staying back, uh, sitting chilling. down, uh, just chilling, <laughs> just analyzing the games, right? Yeah. But uh, Ten Hag and also I think Steve McLaren was shouting the instructions to them. Mm. Uh, maybe because it's preseason, they wanna they wanna make sure that these people, the boys, understand it. Yeah. But it's good to see them really connecting with the game throughout. Yeah. Uh, and as a United fan. When the TV sh- or the camera, you know, points out to the to the coaches and yeah. to the manager, we get fired up as well. Yeah, so yeah, we do. That's we a good do. sign. That's a good sign. Definitely, definitely to me. a good sign. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you summarized it well, uh, Alif. I mean, I mean, mm. going to the preseason, obviously, it's preseason, bro. Like, I'm not looking yeah. forward to the results whatsoever. What I want to see is, especially since we have a new manager, we want to see if there's any sort of maybe footprint of the manager's style of play mm. and. And I don't want to get carried away. I don't want yep. to get carried away. But definitely I don't. <laughs> definitely, we do see some changes. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh no, we're the same only." There yep. are differences. Yep. You know, especially you know when you look at the speed of passing in general, how fast mm-hmm. we pass now, and mm-hmm. um, even the pressing bit. You know, it's more systematic. You know, it's more organized, and we just look more of a team. I would say now. You know, especially okay. with. Um, yeah, with the new manager in, and I feel like we're a bit more aggressive. Maybe a bit is not is we are much more aggressive, especially off the ball, on the ball. Yes, we can we we can really see a lot of off the ball movement. Yeah. That is good. Yeah, right. Yeah. Trying to not read the game too much, but really be active or reactive towards uh, when you're not in possession. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, the fact that we are pressing well is really good to see. Uh, you know, uh, in the Liverpool game, you see Martial trying to push and press to the flanks yeah. uh, which is good Marshall is and pressing you... bro Marshall yeah. is pressing that means oh my God. manager him... is actually doing something bro <laughs> doing something like, right wow. him running is like oh, okay bro now you're yeah. doing it so yeah. it's good it's not good only that bro um, not only Marshall I mean even uh, De Gea I've never seen him come uh, off his line like that in God knows yeah, how many years he has a new role right a sweeper role yeah, now man. yeah yeah exactly yep yep that's and, good to see um, yeah. yeah sorry you know what I want to see is um I want to see our existing signings look like new signings, bro. I think that's what, uh-huh. you know, goes to show the pedigree of the manager, like what he can actually get out of our existing players. Like, for example, mm. from what I've seen from Sancho, and just pre- I know it's mm. preseason again. Like, this is me getting yeah. carried away. But you see if there's a proper <laughs> fullback that's overlapping you, like Dalo, you know, he, he, he does well in overlapping Sancho, who plays on the right. He's so effective. Sancho is so yep. dangerous, bro. You know these are small I things. I love la, that. Right? Yeah, and it's not it's not just Dalo overlapping. Sometimes underlapping. You know, yeah, going yeah. in. Yeah, exactly. And Sancho stays at the flanks. Wow. Okay, those are some good game plays. But again, preseason. Yeah, I don't so get friendly. Kidding. Doesn't matter. Twenty one is coming. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's good to see them, and um, it's good to also see those three. Uh, lines uh, in the first game with Liverpool Rashi Sancho Martial they are interchanging positions mm-hmm. right so I'm yeah. not so sure if that is going to be part of the tactics okay. maybe just game by game right but yeah it's, it's good to see those as well and what about the um, the youngsters bro I'm quite oh. surprised actually you know dude I think it's because uh, the presence of a new manager and these youngsters they have something to prove mm. managers and they are showing bits yeah really uh Really, really impressed with uh, midfielders Charlie Savage and also Zidane Iqbal. Yeah. They control the game really well. Awareness. You you mentioned about them being, uh, or Zidane Iqbal spe- uh, specifically being very mature in understanding the game. Yeah. That's really good to see. Awareness. Yeah. Iqbal, right? like, 
like I've I've seen Iqbal in the youth matches and all. You know, we mm. know he's really good with his feet. He's a good dribbler. He can he dribble. Yes. Shit. But only in preseason only I I realize his awareness and how right. how his decision making, especially when you know under pressure, he knows how to turn. He knows exactly where everyone is. I think it's very matured from him. And another thing is uh, that surprising. Mm-hmm. We spoke about this earlier offline, right? I'm quite surprised to see um, Savage and uh, Iqbal getting more game time than Ghana and and uh, Hannibal. Hannibal, <laughs> yes, yeah. Let's look at the transfers. Okay, okay. so we look at the transfers in first. So Malakia, what, <sighs> what? How do you rate him? You know what? I know we've seen very little of him, but what do you mm. think of the guy? I uh, okay, because I, I was really torn when when uh, Malakia came. Uh, came in mm-hmm. because I still think left our left back is still okay to be sorted, but um, if we are comparing everyone or, or previous signings uh, preseason game, mm-hmm. I think some other people had it better. I think Juan Bisaka had a very good first preseason debut okay. rather than Tare Malakia. Um, I'm not still seeing it yet. Maybe he's not very used to the new tempo of of games uh, rather than in. In in the RDVC, right? Yeah. Um, I I'm still unsure about Manakia. Maybe in the in the next few games or first few games in the in the season can can show yeah, better. Yeah, I think he'll take he'll take time a bit. He'll take time. Yeah. So Ericsson, which was just hey, announced. Hey, dude. What, yeah. Dude. He's a good player, man. <laughs> Ericsson, He's a good player. man. He, At he first, is. right before we start before we signed anyone, when we were linked to Ericsson and. Mm. Um, in the initials, I was like, "Why are we signing this hard patient? Why are we doing this? You know, he's <laughs> hard patient. Yeah, bro, he is la. You know, okay, that's yeah, no yeah, joke. La. That heart attack thing, that's I definitely know, no man. joke. But we're Man United, and we want to try and get the fittest out of the lot. Correct, you know. Correct. But but then again, I took a step back and I actually, you know, looked into the signing, looked into Ericsson as a player himself, and bro, his stats are pretty good. You see, although mm. he only played eleven games for Brentford, right? Yeah. But in those eleven games. Uh, no one has created more chances than him per ninety, besides KDB. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so I I is, do agree. Yeah, and I feel I do. I think this signing is more of like a squad depth signing because of the World Cup that's coming. I think the World Cup is going to really, really mm-hmm. take the toll out of a lot of teams. And yep. something tells me, right? Do you think this is sort of the Tadic signing? Maybe not position, but the sort of like an experienced. Yeah. Um, role model within the dressing room or on the okay. pitch, you know. So what do you? Think yeah. So let's be fair. I think Ericsson, business wise, come on, United is a business club. Um, makes sense to us, free agent, no fees to pay, right? So he is a business kind of deal, uh, signing. Him in terms of playing style, um, I do agree because he will fill up that Bruno or Van der Beek kind of position in the camp, right? Uh. His experience is gonna be very useful to us, definitely. Yeah. But looking to his previous season or last season, mm-hmm. I I don't think Ten Hag wants to sign Ericsson just to be a squad player. I mean, it, he might really use him as a first team player, yeah. which which is kind of surprising, exciting. But I don't know what to expect, man. Yeah, we Though, yeah exactly yeah. right. We don't know what to expect. We don't know how this team is gonna line up. You know, it's still new. So, for example, like Ericsson, yep. is he gonna replace Bruno? That's like, the thing. That's we the don't thing. know, right? We don't know because we see Bruno in his very bad season in, in the last one. If you really think about it, right, Alif? Yeah. If Bruno were to get injured, touch wood, who would come in Ooh. to play in his position? If we didn't have Ericsson, I would say I think Ericsson can fit in there. 
nicely. Definitely. Right? Yep. So I think it's it's quite important to have someone there or in about. Yep. This and is just speculation, right? We don't even speculation, know. Speculation, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. We see in preseason games Van der Beek's playing in Bruno's position. It's not really showing a lot yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So probably Arison is that kind of backup uh, squad player you, you, you can mention. But it's good. One thing we need to remember, yeah. next season is five substitutes, bro. Yes. Yeah, right? bro. That's so a very we have good more, point, bro. We have more chances to rotate the squad yeah. and use and show a lot. So I think it's a good plan. Ooh, I mean, yeah. it, it's not really a squad player. It's more of like first team slash... I don't know, second yeah, now, half kind now, of player, you know? First team is like right? 16 players already, bro. 11 plus yeah. 5, right? Like, yeah, you yeah. need proper squad depth now. Correct. It's not like you didn't need it before, but now it's even more significant, <laughs> right? Correct, so, correct. Okay, I'm, okay I'm, I'm quite excited for Exxon. But the next signing Same that I'm going to mention, um, yep. Lissandro Martinez. I, I think he's so far my favorite signing. I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at the time of recording, De Jong hasn't officially signed yet, but I think Martinez <laughs> is my favorite signing of this particular window. Okay. Yeah. Yep, for defending, I I agree on uh, Martinez mm-hmm. uh, because we needed left-footed centre-back playing in the LCB because the tactics that uh, Ten Hag is trying to implement requires a specific uh, left-footed centre-back, right? Yeah. So that he can really dominate in the in the in the in the left side and left flanks as well. So Lisandro Martinez looks good. Um, pretty young as well. Mm. I he's twenty four. I right? can see him. Yeah, yeah I, I can see him. Him playing. The only worry is we might have a little bit too many players in the defending role. So you see, that's the probably, thing, right? Alidia, yeah. I understand what you're saying. We do have a lot of centre backs now suddenly, right? We do. But I yeah. feel this Martinez guy. He's he's a utility player. He can play centre okay. back. He can play CDM. He can play left back. Left back as well. You know. True. So I think his role would be more of Fred's role, like to try and be that solid defensive midfielder next to like and a De Jong. Bring it out. Mm, you know, like okay. that balance. That's that's how I see him. Again, speculation. We don't know. But I really first. think that he's going to be a CDM, bro. That's because that's uh, that's the thing we need the most. You know, a CDM is interesting a, fact. Yeah. Mm. In- interesting way of seeing it. Yeah. I have not seen Martinez play in a DM before, okay. or always in a and centre back. Centre back. But okay. preseason, you did also see Telles playing in LCB. Yeah, true. That's, true. A, <laughs> that's an a, exciting that's a, sign. Yeah, it's a weird one. Definitely, right? yeah. Yeah, because I think Lisandro Martinez also did play, uh, of, not in the previous 50 games. Previous 50 games, Martinez, I've seen the stats, is, mm. has always been playing in CB. But before that, he did play left-back and, as mentioned, DM. Yeah. So, like, out yeah, of his, I, what, 120 appearances or something, he's played centre-back, like, I think majority, maybe 60% of correct. that. And then, yep. sort of, maybe 30 appearances at DM. And then the rest, I think, it's uh, left-back, right? So, he's yep. predominantly a centre-back. But he can mm-hmm. play. Bro, he's good with his feet, you know. He's good with his, like, oh, he can, okay. like, turn, pass. His passing is good. His shooting is good. So, he can play in sort of a midfield position. La. But let's see. Let's see how yep, that, let's that, see. that turns out. Okay. Pretty exciting. And Pretty the exciting. last one that I want to cover is Frankie de Jong. Oh, oh, this guy. You know, you know what's weird? This is the first time we're in a scenario where mm-hmm. both clubs have agreed but it's the player that's uh, like, eh, I don't know whether I want right. to, you know. And I think a major part <laughs> 
uh, of that is because Barcelona still owe him about 17 million euros, I think, in wages. Oh, really? Yeah, I think he wants to sort of settle that for, yeah, bro, even I'd be pissed. I'm moving to a different company, oh, course, but my right? existing yeah. company is not giving me what I'm owed. <laughs> you know? like, I think there's some issue with that. But okay, how do you think he will impact the team? Okay, if we are speculating that he will join United because, again, clubs agree it's just no personal terms with him, right? Mm-hmm. He really is helpful in terms of transitioning plays uh, between defense, uh, defensing defensive and offensive. So yeah. it's, it's a very good play to have. Um, as of now, in our current squad, we rely on Fred and McTominay to do it. Uh, shaky in defending, but Fred is good in transitioning games. There's no one better than FDJ right now, bro. Yeah. That can help in transition. Yeah. He's really McTominay, good. McTominay, come on, man. We cannot rely on him yeah. as of now. <laughs> I really hope he can buck up and change his season. But, you know, no, I don't want to... We've been <laughs> hoping for that for too long, <laughs> bro. Too long. Bro, actually, he's not even a defensive midfielder. He's, he's, he's a box-to-box, apparently, right? But... Bro, there's nah. countless times where I've seen uh, Varane have the ball, I've seen uh, Maguire hold the ball and look for an option and then you see McTominay he's not there. just hiding, bro. He's shadowing. Yep. You know, he's hiding behind. Why? Why? You know? That's the thing. Okay, bro. Not I don't, I don't want to go down. Right? I don't want this to be a negative thing where we berate it's players. It's fine. You know? Let's just, let's just leave it as it is. Okay, let's just touch on one transfer out because, you know, everybody okay. knows the Pogba's, everyone is leaving Cavani, Lingard and all that. So yep. let's not touch on that. Let's okay. touch on Ronaldo. Do you think he's going to stay Ooh. or do you think he's going to go? Okay. What I think doesn't matter, but <laughs> what CR7 thinks matter. Number one, if if he wants to go, I as a fan won't stop him at all. Yeah. Really. Same here. Same um, here. I don't think we should be persuading him to stay if he wants to go. Yeah. Um, number one, in business time, in, in, in a business sense, we are saving in wages, probably increase a bit of transfer budget. That's number yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, but if he really wants to go, let him go, man. Um, we can hopefully rebuild again. I yeah. that word. And then when he's 49, uh, <laughs> he can come back, right? Yeah. <laughs> 49. Oh Probably <laughs> as just I everyone. told myself, <laughs> as soon as we didn't get top four, I was like, he's leaving. Ronaldo is leaving. Yeah. And he, 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 even yeah. if he wants to, I don't blame him at all. Like, I feel like sad, you know, bro, like holding him back. He, bro, he's 38 already. He's already yeah. expiring. He just wants to yeah. make whatever ha- he ability he still has left, you know, he wants to maximize whatever he still can and like, you know, he That's wants true. to play Champions League football. Let him go lah. He came back, you know, it was fun. You know, it was sunshine yeah. and roses for a while until it all became <laughs> sour but, you know, it was nice. You know, I was happy to relive this Of course, moment. of course, the fans, the fans were really happy yeah. to see him back uh, in Old Trafford. Bro, but that, that um, game, the Newcastle game, oh my <sighs> goodness, bro. It was something else, bro, that game. It's crazy, man. Yeah, okay, he's, so I just he's wanna, our saviour. Yeah, yeah, he's our saviour. And uh, I just <laughs> want to end uh, the segment with just one question to you, Alif. Yep. Um, yep. What are your expectations for next season? Like, what is a minimum for you? Okay, minimum. Uh, s- solid defending. That's number one. Number one. We always see a lot of messy clearance, messy defensive plays. That's number one that we, we want to try to to combat, mm-hmm. uh, I want to see that. That's my expectation, number one. Uh, because we always know we don't have troubles in um, finishing our clinical finishing. Uh, it, it's really good to see now that we have Marshall back as well. Hopefully, we can see that. Yeah. Expectation, solid defense, uh, good transition in play, uh, high pressing, not just 
running like a headless chicken, mm-hmm. but really systematic high pressing. And of course, if you want to talk about finish, uh, as in table finish, uh, top four, please. <laughs> top four, right? Yeah, yeah for that's me, the minimum. I think silverware, of course, would be nice. It'd be like an icing, but I think most importantly, mm, we mm. need top four, bro. We need top four. We definitely. Even, even if we don't get top four, I want to see us playing nice attacking football with some sort of pattern of play. Like, but I don't expect us to play like prime Ajax in our first season. No, uh, no that's not my expectation. Bro, come but on. Mm. At least a type of systematic football. Bro, at least, you know, when we see okay. City, we know that's City. You see Liverpool, we know that's Liverpool. Now we must see United, this is United. You know, that's, that's what I want to see. That's all. Okay, I, I want to ask a question to you. Mm. Now, do you want to see a controlled possession play or an exciting risky play exciting risky okay let's just make like for example it's, it's, it's like City or Liverpool style. Uh, is it rock yeah, and roll I mean there's a modern like kind of thing right LA or something right I, I want to yeah, see yeah. like some hardcore rock and roll I want to really see some hardcore <laughs> football bro possession okay. yeah possession yeah but yeah I just want to see some risky attacking go for it gung ho you know bring back uh, that uh, that 1999 treble winning final bro <laughs> just go all out man Okay, I think we should stop yeah, I think talking should stop. about the travel sometime. Yeah, we're ram- <laughs> rambling already, yeah? Okay, bro. Thank uh, you yeah. so much, Alif, for coming on this no segment. Problem, it's Liz. really exciting. Um, hopefully, you'll agree to future pods. And uh, yeah. I bro. will. Yeah. Just call back That's anytime, Liz. That's great. Pleasure having you, bro. Take care, man. Same here. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. So, Viz enjoyed that chat with Ali. Finally, he has another United fan to, uh, you know pour out their passion and their love for Man United because yeah. he's definitely not getting that from Kaiser <laughs> and me. <laughs> so basically Yeah, that was that? really nice. Yeah, I, I, I definitely enjoyed that, bro. After a long time, I, I was doing a pod and it was actually fun talking about <laughs> oh, Man wow. United. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Fun, no, wow. what I mean is like, I don't have anybody, like the both of you can't relate to United the way I relate to United, right? So that was nice. Not quite, so is yeah. this? Uh, I, uh, this is probably how you guys feel every pod lah when you all talk about <laughs> Liverpool, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I have someone. And the fact, and the fact empathize. that guys, you all don't understand. You know, you all, you all review Liverpool and and Liverpool are always winning. But when you have to review a team like United, watch the highlights after you watch that the low that game. You know, it does. It does take a toll on you, you know. So yeah, oh just be, be grateful, guys. I'm glad Ali's session was a therapy for you. Yeah, yeah. is it? Definitely. You're listening. This is the mental torture you're causing this. <laughs> Fine. So we'll move on to the champions of the championship. Fulham absolutely destroyed the championship last season. Uh, quite convincingly finished in first place. So obviously they get the one one of two automatic promotion places. Marco Silva, who was previously manager of Watford and Everton in the Premier League, is currently at the helm. Uh, and he'll be looking to definitely better Fulham's performance in their last time in the Premier League, which was two years ago in the 2021 season. In terms of transfers in, I think mostly he's been quite disappointed. You know, he it's been no no secret that he's been wanting to bring in sort of 10 new faces was the line being touted. So far, he's only brought in Jao Palinha, who's a CDM from Sporting, for £18 million. Pounds. Uh, being a Portuguese player, there's no surprise that Wolves wanted him as well. So they beat Wolves to this guy. And secondly, they brought in Andres Pereira. So I want to spend a bit of time speaking about Andres Pereira for two reasons. The first reason being he 
was a youth prospect at Man United. Please correct me if I'm wrong. You will know all this. Yeah. I'm going to come to you after yeah. this. But has not okay. obviously had any reasonable success at a top level for Man United. He was at Flamengo last season. Really enjoyed his time there. Obviously, that's home for him. Um, but I think you know this move represents probably what you would say is make or break for a player like him. Whether he's going to make it at the top top of the divisions or whether. You know he's probably has to go back to a lower division in Brazil, Argentina, Spain, possibly. So, this why didn't it work out for Pereira at United? And do you think it's one of the cases where potential was there, but he never really, you know, and never will yeah. sort of reach those heights? I think he, yeah, uh, he's just one of those players who would. Oh my God, I feel so bad saying this, but yeah, he'll never reach that sort of elite level. I think I can confidently say that only because um, time and time again we've seen him in a United shirt. He's good on some games. He's not good on you know certain games, and there's no consistency with uh, Pereira. And also, his position in this United squad, his direct competition is technically Bruno Fernandez. So, when you have that sort of a gap, someone to beat in that sense, you have to be consistent in the least. You know, even if you don't have that sort of technical ability or whatnot. And he sort of just never, you know, never made it at United. And also maybe the pressure of such a big club, you know, on his shoulders that can be a factor as well. And yeah, he went to Flamingo on loan. You know, he, to be fair, he it's not like he, he pulled up any roots over there as well. He, he it was okay, it was all right. But then, you know, he came back and the club just decided, okay, he's sh- going with the 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 eight nine people that we were shipping out all together. So he's grouped up and, and I ho- and I hope you know, like you said, this is a make or break sort of uh, stint for him at Fulham. And I, you know, I hope I hope he does well. I think it's a very difficult position for any young player when they're sort of in this sort of mold. So you're at a big club, you can't really play in the first team, you're loaned out every other season, there's no continuity, nothing like that. So I think this maybe is he's gone on a permanent, it's eight point five million yeah. pounds. Maybe yeah. we see, you know, Marcus Silva really believes in him. Who is a decent coach, I think, Marcus Silva. We we might see something from him, but we'll see. And and the second part of it is sorry, Kaiser gone. No, I think what you mentioned about uh, Marco Silva and his uh, willingness for getting loads of transfers in, I think it's deja vu to the last time Fulham were in the Premier League as well, where they splashed a load of money on like massive amount of signings and that didn't work out for them. So yeah, definitely need to be wary that doesn't happen again. Yeah, exactly. One of them was uh, Jean-Michel Serri, who they've just let go on a free. So like you said, there's no guarantee spending money will... We'll, we'll and he had a really good season, right? Yeah, I he think was. I think he was decent well, yeah. two years ago. Um, but there you go. So I think, and someone else they're looking for is Mano Solomon from Shakhtar. I think they're trying to be, I don't know how you stand ethically on this, but trying to take advantage of the situation in Ukraine where Shakhtar are basically being told to let go of the, uh, their non-local players. So they're trying to get him in a cut price deal. Damn. So we'll see how that goes. But I think one of the strengths that Fulham have, or definitely the strengths they had last season in this season in the Championship, was their attacking play. And at the pivot of this attacking play was, or the centre of this attacking play rather, I should say, was Mitrovic. Mitrovic, no stranger to the Premier League, has been here a couple of times before. Quite disappointing two years ago, only managing four goals and four assists. And I would know that because he was in my fantasy team. And <laughs> yeah, I, we're all going to start with him again. And I, yeah. remember <laughs> him, I remember him missing a penalty and I was like, rage transferred him straight out. So, you know, the biggest contrast last season, 43 goals, seven assists in the league. 
in the in league. the league. So and I that's think a that record, in, right? that's yeah, a record, right? Yeah, that's a, I'm pretty sure that's a record that's or post war record. record or something like that. But that's 43 goals in 47 games. That is ridiculous, bro. Well, and I guess uh, we're bringing him again for this season. <laughs> no, Can you imagine guess, if that was no. a Premier League? Bro, Perma Not only he scored that many goals, that means he just played so many of those games as well. Like well, his yeah. Fitness yeah. Is, Championship. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Even when he played in the Prem, I don't think he was ever injured. You know, he's very reliable. That's true. Yeah, that wasn't an issue. Yeah. Um, robust. Robust, yeah. And I mean, this this attacking prowess is not just with, doesn't just end with him. As we talked about before, Fabio Cavallio, who's just gone to Liverpool, he chipped in with 19 goals and assists. Um, Harry Wilson, who is probably the second most important player from an attacking point of view, 11 goals, 21 assists. So I think the big question mark for Fulham is, again, how much do you tax them coming from the Championship to the Premier League and how many of those numbers actually convert. We saw the same problem with Norwich last season. Fantastic in Championship, absolutely battering teams there. Come up to the Premier League and they just can't hack it. Um, and to compound that, their first seven fixtures, they play Liverpool, Arsenal, Spurs and Chelsea in the first seven. 2021, again, they started very poorly. Only one win in the first three months. So they'll definitely be looking to avoid one of those things. Um but we'll see. So quick sort of predictions. Basically, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to ask for a place in the league, but relegation or no relegation, what do you think, Kaiser? Yeah, just how well they did last season. You feel that like you want to give hope uh, to this Fulham team? But yeah, I think it's. I mean, it's pretty likely. I'm just thinking, which of the teams from last season? I mean, Everton won't have another bad season like they did. Uh, Leeds we can as well. We can only hope, I think, but we, <laughs> we can only hope. Yeah, exactly. And Leeds, I think, will bounce back as well. So I think it'll be tricky. I think they could be relegated for sure. This, yeah, this is a tough one, bro. It's it's like a shot in the dark. You just don't know how it's gonna turn out. Yeah, I, th- but, I, I mean, same thing. Comp- yeah. <laughs> we look back to our predictions from last season. <laughs> yeah, that's what you I was just, thinking when you asked me. Yeah. <laughs> it's so difficult. Still traumatized by that. It's tough. So it's so tough. difficult to say. Um, but if they do go down, then we know Norwich will be switching places with them. and Back out again. This, this will carry on till the end of time. <laughs> but I think that brings us up basically quite nicely to the end of our first preseason pod. It's been pretty short, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, again, thanks so much to Ali for coming on and giving us a little excerpt and giving this a bit of joy from a Man United point of view. So we'll be releasing this. Hopefully, we'll have another one for you guys ready early next week. And then the last one in the lead up to the season starting. Um, and then then will be regular scheduling. So enjoy and thanks so much. It's been the Bowler Boys. Sonny is very lucky that his father is a better person than Oli. And I think you're, you, you, you are an ostrich. Next Tuesday... April Fool's Day is the biggest fool in Manchester, and that is you, David Myers. Football heritage. No one <laughs> wants to be a fullback as a kid. No one wants to grow up and be a Gary Neville. But unfortunately, crimes and wars will multiply. I love football. <laughs>